Why is recorded in front of a live studio audience. So how many Velveeta martinis can I put you down for? None. None? None. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be nope. the new thing. I think this is really going to catch on. How many are you going to have? <sighs> I mean, at 15 bucks, it's a lot. I'm going to say, I, I don't know. I mean, three? I don't know. I just, it's a lot. Like, does it come with nacho chips? Uh, no. And jalapenos? No. Can you get, like, a spicy Velveeta martini? I, I'll have to look, but it says it's made with Velveeta sauce. Uh, I'm sorry, Velveeta cheese sauce infused vodka and garnished with shell pasta. So it's not actually Velveeta cheese being spooned into a martini glass. But that'll it be... It still the, sounds gross. Yeah, it's only going to be served between the hours of 5 and 8 p.m. So you have to plan your alcoholism accordingly. Well, it's, it does feel like a starter drink. Like it kind of mm, gets you yeah. ready. Yeah, it gets you ready and for the evening. Like, you know, Mm-hmm. Lines the stomach so you can, you know, do shots later. I was going to say gets you ready for the evening if that evening is going home and dying. Well, it depends on your stomach, right? That's that's true. That's a good test. If I were in, if I were inclined to drink a Velveeta martini, I would be fine. If you find yourself in Chicago at the Florentine between five and eight p.m., it is available. I may. You never know. We never know where the world is going to take us. We have many places we're going. This is Why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. Do we need to talk about nude volleyball? I feel like the... Usually in this, people sometimes are like, oh, we couldn't understand exactly what the thing was, and you guys kind of just dove into the conversation. I don't know if we need to set up the table for nude volleyball. It's kind of contained in the title. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Okay, all right. I just wanted to make sure. We need to probably pitch one more time that we really do wish to um, host there or record there and be the the media partner there for next year that we are fully committed to to coming and interviewing people we will have towels or appropriate things for people to sit on so Mm -hmm. everything is comfortable and for anyone yeah do you think they would let us wear the abc sports blazers from the 70s probably but it's probably all we could wear No, it's optional. It is optional. Okay. But that's fine. I would be more likely to wear said blazer if I didn't have to wear anything under it. How long has the, is it the Super Bowl, the nude volleyball Super Bowl or the, what's the correct title, I guess, to start? So it is Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl of nude volleyball. And so how did this get started? So there's actually a link on our website. There used to be, and I apologize, I wish I would have done some um, background history to get exact information, but there used to be kind of a um, multiple clubs that got together and I'm not exactly sure how it, the original, like, let's play volleyball nude uh, started, mm-hmm. but there was, you know, a couple clubs that got together and said, hey, we're going to go ahead um, and do this nude volleyball tournament. And right now we just actually had our 50th anniversary of it. It was supposed to be in 2020 um, due to COVID. It got canceled. So we hosted it in 2021. 
And um, there was a couple named Betty and Wayne and they started, they're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to start this. And it's, um, it's been over 50 years that it's been happening. And it's just uh, White Thorn Lodge is now the single club that hosts this event. And we, you know, we've had upwards of probably 1500 people attending this. Um, in 2008, ESPN, um, the magazine actually brought a team out. Uh, I don't think they took it from what I heard. I wasn't actually there that they didn't take it very seriously and then realized that they didn't win a single game the entire day because the competition <laughs> was that fierce. It's awesome. <laughs> wow. So, so, yeah, so that's basically, you know, I mean, a, a very high level brief history of Super Bowl. So I have a lot of family and friends who go to a lot of clothing optional places and like club Orient and St. Martin and, and all over the world. Volleyball is the sport for nudist resorts, naked, whatever. What is it about volleyball that just makes people want to be naked and play it? Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's amazing the things that you do when you're, when you're not wearing clothes. And I mean, like, you know, when you go swimming, you don't have this bathing suit, like stuck to you and attached to you. Um, you know, when you're playing volleyball, you get, uh, you would think that getting sweaty and having clothes absorb that sweat would be something that would be a good thing, but there's just something very freeing, um, natural, uh, about playing volleyball, um, you know, naked, um, pickleball is actually becoming a huge sport. I mean, it's, and and it's not just in the nudist community, it's, you know, clothing, you know, in the textile, we call it textile world in the textile world as well, but pickleball is really coming up. So it's just, I mean, it's not even just volleyball. It's just being able to do the things that you, anybody would do, but we're naturist. So it's just doing it without clothing. (laughs) Yeah. So, it just feels more popular than like soccer. Yeah, I'm not, I, I probably because there's less contact in volleyball than there is True. in soccer or basketball. So you're I was not just really, thinking basketball. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know and baseball is like too base- slow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's why it probably got popular is it's just not, there's less actual, you get, you may run into somebody and come into contact, but there's not really that, that body to body contact True. like you get in other sports. It's a good yeah. point. Might I suggest croquet? <laughs> but one thing we were talking with one of our producers and said that we were speaking with you and they said, oh, is that on sand? So it is, is it on sand or is it on courts? It's both. Um, actually, Whitethorn Lodge has specifically um, 11 courts. Mm-hmm. We have four hard courts. Um, we have three sand courts. And then we have the rest by four grass courts so it is played on all three um the higher level play uh so we'll say our a and double a players usually always mm-hmm. want to they play hard court you know that's their favorite mm-hmm. it's easier to jump it's easier to move around um a lot of people which may or may not be your next question is you know what's it like playing on a hard court what if you fall and scrape something um you know we're pretty there's very few injuries um i'll be honest it's it's you're very conscious of where you're at um we call it court awareness you know we joke around about it sometimes but it's making sure you know where you're at where your teammates are um and so we prefer you to probably um, 
be a little bit more skilled um, going up to the hard courts. Otherwise, when you're starting out, we recommend probably the, the sand because you're going to be falling and diving a little bit more in sand than you are on the hard courts. And so this, this whole, it's one weekend of tournament, correct? Like Thursday through Sunday? Yes. Yeah, so we actually, that- years ago, we coined like a 10 day vacation event, but it's the Ooh. actual, the actual Super Bowl of nude volleyball event happens Saturday and Sunday. And it's always the weekend after Labor Day. Is there a halftime show? <laughs> there is not. I'm, I'm jumping <laughs> it's ahead. All, it's, 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 an, it's an all day thing. Let me tell you, we start, um, at like eight o'clock in the morning and we have so many teams and so many players you're going till six o'clock at night at least so it really winnows down the the training you have the skill you have pretty quickly if you're going that long you have to have the endurance as another element of the competition yeah i can tell you from um members at of Whitethorn Lodge specifically mm-hmm. on a, a, any given Sunday, they will start play at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and won't, and it's just recreational pickup, you know, play. They won't stop until dark. Wow. <laughs> it's and wow. yeah, they're there. It's, it's a lot of dedication that they have a lot of stand up stamina. <laughs> do you, it's a particular, do you have to qualify or can, if you've got nope. a team, okay. you, you could show up with a team or we have signups and you just base your skill level. What, you know, we hope that you're honest, you know, are you, are you a C <laughs> right. level player? Are you a B player? Um, because, you know, you don't want somebody playing down and potentially hurting somebody. Um, so you can actually sign up and get assigned to a team, but there's no, you know, there's no, we'll say qualification. It's just somebody says, Hey, I need somebody for my team. And somebody says, Hey, I'm looking for a team. And then, you know, the two of them match up and then you join the team. Is there any, I don't know if you know the statistics of this, of sort of a pickup team going for far in the tournament versus one that has practiced together for a long time. Is there an advantage from one or the other? Um, I don't have the statistics for that, but um, you know, a lot of the uh, A players and our double A players, they obviously play together a lot. They know each other. They know how they play. They know the passes. Um, so they, they do very well. Um, we have some of the C-level novice teams. Uh, they probably are picking up people and they don't play together as often, but they do just as well in that division and that level. Um, so it's, but usually the people that are, you know, going into that A, double A, even sometimes the B level, they usually come with the team and they're used to playing with each other. Is there a team to beat? Is there one who's that? Um, so if you're, it, it depends, but if you're at that top level that, you know, like double A level, uh, we actually have a group that started years ago, uh, the Tiki Tambas, and usually it's like the Tikis are the teams to beat. <laughs> and that was How- my next question. Do the teams have cool nick- names? And clearly the answer is yes. Yeah. So when this first started, it used to kind of be a club every club kind of brought their team. So, um, you know, you might just have it like that. Uh, now everybody kind of just comes up with their cool name and every year it can change from year to year. And some people are, you know, um, true to their team name and they go every year, they keep the same team members, the same team players, they keep that name. Um, but you know, and I'm going to blank on some of the team names, but, um, 
you know, there's, there's some fun ones, you know, um, one was allergic to cotton. Some's like a double stuffed Oreo. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's weird stuff like that. And then, you know, I already mentioned, you know, like the Tiki Tombas. So, um, you know, it's just whatever people, whatever name people want to come up with. <laughs> How do the teams sort of differentiate themselves if they don't have uniforms other than when they're on the court, obviously you can tell by what side of the net they're on, but yeah, I mean, that's really how it is. Yeah, but, you know, it's quite interesting because the nudist volleyball circuit is very, um, it, it's almost like a family. You know, you get to know each other. You all go to the same events. You go to various, uh, you know, um, other clubs. And, you know, Heidi, you talked about, you know, you have family members and volleyball is getting very popular out there. Well, it's getting popular at other clubs as well. So we'll go, there's a traveling, you know, circuit that every month you might have a different club doing a different event and hosting a different volleyball event. And so, um, you know, that's how you just get to know everybody. So that's kind of how, but there are teams um, that I know one year we had a all ladies team and they got uh, socks that had sayings on them or like superhero socks that had little capes on the back. And uh, that's what they wore to kind of differentiate themselves. So there's different ways you could do it. Body paint, body paint, uh, tutus. We've seen them play in tutus. Tutus would be fun. Yes. And now I feel like one of the things when we've spoken with nudists in the past about one various event or another, they always kind of, one of the subjects or or topics that always comes up is this idea of of freedom and openness and how uh, the relationships you have with people when you are at a nudist club or when you're competing in one of these things is different than you would have anywhere else in the world at any other time. Are are they competitive bunch? Because everyone always sort of talks about like this equal equality and very supportive and encouraging. Does that carry under the court or is then as just all business and they want to take each other down? Um, Obviously there's competitiveness there. So you, you want to take each other down a little bit, but you're, you're still rooting for the other team. You're like, somebody has a good shot. You're like, Hey, nice hit, you know, um, great set. Something you're just doing it words of encouragement, um, even for the other team, but obviously you want to win. So there is that competitive nature there. <laughs> is there a trophy? There is. So um, normally it's just, you know, a standard trophy that we give Um, this past year at, because it was Super Bowl 50, we did give some pretty um, nice, uh, it was almost like a play on the Super Bowl ring uh, for the NFL Super Bowl. And so that was our trophy, but normally it's a, it's just a standard trophy that we give the winners. Um, um, And I think it's every team from every division. Sweet. Uh Yeah. And then we, and then we have like team captain for the ones that don't win. We do give a team captain um, or just a team in general participation trophy. And that, that really carried from when I talked about how different clubs brought teams together uh, that the club would actually take the trophy and then have it in say a display case at their particular club. Um, Now, because that's kind of gone by the wayside, we still give that, we'll say participation trophy. Um, and it usually goes to the team captain. What's the furthest anyone has traveled? To participate? Um, well, we actually, Oh, that's a great question. I don't know if I know the answer to that. We actually have, um, there's clubs in Canada. 
um, that people have traveled to. Our club is in Pennsylvania. Uh, we go all the way down to Florida. Um, and usually it's like the East Coast circuit. I'm not all that familiar with like West Coast, but we have people from Texas that come in. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's, it's all over. It's very well known, but it's, it's mainly up and down the East Coast. Pennsylvania is real big, Florida, Georgia, um, and then like I said, even Canada. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity-filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Is it growing in popularity or, or, I mean, I feel like you see something saying nudism and, and it's a, a waning interest for people. And then other things you see is saying that it's, it's growing. What have you seen at, at the club? Is it. Um, so nudism in general, since the pandemic has greatly increased in interest. And I don't know if it's like being outdoors or wanting to give something new a try, but we have seen an overwhelming increase in visitors as well as people wanting to be um, members since the pandemic has happened. And it's a wonderful thing. Um, You know, you just talked about what you've heard about um, being very welcoming and accepting. And it really is. I've, the, I've always said, and this sounds weird, people are nicer without their clothes on because there's no judgment. There's so no, true. you know, comparison mm-hmm. and, and it's wonderful. Um, nudist volleyball is getting, I mean, it's still continuing to grow. It's definitely not dying out. We, like I said, we just hit our 50th year and we're not slowing down. You know, the number of attendees, fluctuates every year but we still hover around the 900 to a thousand attendees on a yearly basis um so it's it's still there it's not dying down at all well i feel like you can't judge interest level because of the plague right like it's called a pandemic Heidi. (laughs) (laughs) i think it's like it is like because of some people aren't traveling now some people may feel like you know it just isn't safe to be naked with other people now. So it wouldn't, I feel like it's not a good time to assess interest. I would agree with that. But like I said, we have seen an overwhelming response to people wanting to come to our club um, because, uh, and I I can't say it's because of the pandemic, but I can tell you pre-pandemic to post-pandemic, the number of people coming through our gate and the number of people that want to be members has dramatically increased. And it could be no correlation or it could be. Um, But I agree with you that there are assessments that we make as a club. And I've even made the comment like, well, we really can't make that decision based on what we've seen this year because it could just be a fluke yeah and i guess this works for both the the super bowl of volleyball and in general what are kind of the age groups of both teams and just folks you see taking part in this this lifestyle if that's the, even the um, right term for it yeah the age the age range for the lifestyle is pretty much anything we have i mean we're a family-friendly nudist resort and we have 
a, you know, people out there that are third generation. Um, they, they've started coming out, they're members, they've been members for, you know, 20 plus years, their kids are out there, now their grandkids are out there. We've had people who, you know, were out there as children, raised out there, now they're raising their children, you know, same thing. And um, so the age range could be, I think the youngest, we'll say member, because um, she was actually, you know, um, has been out there since before she was born in her mother's womb, uh, is probably about six now, uh, all the way up to, we just lost our oldest member last year and he, uh, was a hundred. So, yeah, so we have a lot of members in, um, in the plus 60 age group. Um, and then, you know, like I said, they go all the way down to age five or six. <laughs> what about the, the competition? Is there an age group for most of the teams? Um, that's probably, I'd say 18 in the 20 age, all the way up to 60 plus as well. Um, we actually just hosted, I, and most of it's probably, I'd say in their forties to 60 age range, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. um, we actually, this year was the first time event at our Super Bowl event that we called it a master's tournament. And it was a tournament for 50, um, and up attendees and it was uh, we had a 50 to 60 age group or 50 to 59 60 to 69 and then 70s plus um, age group and the number of teams that we had and the overwhelming response it was supposed to kind of be a one-time Super Bowl 50 thing that Mm -hmm. we're like well this might be a yearly event because everybody loved it and it gave an opportunity to the players who might not who used to play and come out when they were in their thirties or forties who aren't quite having that stamina anymore, um, that still want to play. So it kind of gave them a one day, couple hour opportunity to play and potentially win something. And then, so for the folks who are are listening, who are intrigued, who want to know more, anyone can come and attend. Do you sell out? uh, Are there tickets? What's the... How does one get into just watch what's going on and, and learn we, more about the club? And We find space for you, man. It's, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, so if you want to research the club, um, you know, our website is uh, www.whitethornlodge.org. Um, but it's, you know, we, again, we've had 900 to over 1500 attendees at one time. People t- tent they camp in their car. We have RVs. We're going to find a spot for you. There's not a number, you know, there's not a number of tickets that we sell. It's just show up and come and have a good time. For someone who has never been to a nudist camp or, or club, um, who's kind of curious and, and wants to sort of take their first step of trying it, what advice would you tell them for the, the first thing they should do? Um, The first thing I say that they should do is, you know, if they know somebody uh, that has been to a club is or is in that um, community to probably talk to them and ask them with any questions of misconceptions, you know, um, what is nudism and, and, you know, what are the appropriate things to do? Um, I also would probably recommend they check out um, AANR, which is the American Association for Nude Recreation. And there's some guidelines on there for first time visitors, um, you know, 
kind of trying to, you know, how to make you comfortable. Um, you know, number one, you just think always carry a towel with you um, because you need a place to sit down. Uh, you know, you're going to sit on your towel. So always carry a towel with you. Uh, those sort of things that you might just not think about have plenty of sunscreen. Yes. Uh <laughs> That stuff. So, and, um, you know, don't be uh, afraid because, you know, as a society, we put a lot of stigma on looks and the human body. And trust me, there's not supermodels, tens coming out in the nudist community. It's every body shape and size. And we're very accepting of that. So, you know, try and leave those misconceptions at home and have that body positivity and, um, and, and understand that. Yeah. Good way to go in general and just, yeah. Clothing or not, we, we absolutely positively should be having them that mentality. Unfortunately, it doesn't happen. And that's why I said that I feel like people are nicer with their clothes off because nobody cares. You know, you're yeah. you're all in that together. And there's I feel like in the nudist community, there's just way more body positivity than there is um, outside of that. For more information about the campground and the Super Bowl of Naked Volleyball, you can check out the Whitethorn Lodge's website, whitethornlodge.org. You can check us out on all the various socials. Be sure to visit our website, and don't forget to leave us a review. Today's show is produced by myself and Heidi Hegquist. Our reluctant producers are John Sauvé and Sandy Stone. Our willing producers are Rachel Allen and Randy Jeanette. Our intern is Zach Jackson. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash. We're coming home. Nigel, is that you? Are you here, Nigel?